You're listening to The Tales We Tell, a podcast about spooky stories, unsolved mysteries, and local lore. I'm your host, Hannah Parch. And I'm Katie. Welcome back! <laughs> After our 17 minutes of pre-snacking. It's and been over a week since we've seen each I other. Know. There was a lot to catch up on. No, it's been a while. Um, My dad finally got to meet his grandson. I know! Very He's exciting. in love. Good. Which, obviously. Obviously. He brought down Beanie Babies. Mm-hmm. My parents were down last weekend and brought down my American Girl doll. Because they listened to the podcast, which... I was shocked because they wrapped her up in a, like, as a present mm-hmm. for me. Um, and um, I had thought, because we did presents, like, at the end of the night. And during the day when they first came down, I remember thinking, I was like, damn it, I should have asked them before they came down if they could go in the attic and look for Felicity. <laughs> my mom is so sneaky. So she wrapped up Felicity. I also have all of the clothes that my grandmother made for her. Mm-hmm. Um, she was previously wearing another outfit. I changed her into original, her original for you. That way I would be sure to recognize yeah, her. Yeah, so you could recognize her. Not, yeah. So you wouldn't be like, who's that weird redheaded doll <laughs> in another era outfit? So while I'm, I like opened her up and of course I immediately like start changing her outfit and like braiding her hair. Um, and while I'm doing that, my mom, just, like, very casually, she was like, oh, I need to grab something from the car, and just, like, gets up and walks out of the house. And then she comes back with this giant tote box from her attic of a bunch of all other childhood crap of mine, including all of my horses, because I was a horse girl. Mm-hmm. So if if you peek into the guest room on your way out, they're all set up on my guest room um, dresser. Can you take your headphones off for a second? You mean to where I can still hear you? Out yeah, here but like open? not like super, <laughs> not like super uh, magnified. Okay, thank you. Am I good now? Yes, but you're gonna have to close your eyes in a second. Okay. All right, close your eyes. <laughs> Nice. Should I open it now? Um. Okay, fine. Hold on. Actually, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a sound. <clears throat> okay, now you can you open it. Got me some like terrifying dildo. <laughs> this is so much louder than I thought. I remember that horse. Um, we I wanted one. Put fresh batteries in this puppy. Still works, still works. Not so much on carpet. But on my hardwoods, she's amazing. What does uh, Kelly think of this horse? Uh, weirdly, doesn't care about her. Hmm. Or at least she didn't when my parents' dog was here. I bet Walker would enjoy watching it. Listen he was you. watching the cat earlier today. It was adorable. He was just like... Ooh. He, like, noticed finally that there's a cat that lives in the house. <laughs> well, she was, like... She deigned to be near him because we were gone all weekend. Oh, uh, yeah. So she was, like... I want to be near my people, and mm. my people are near the baby, so here I am. <laughs> I guess if we leave this in, I should announce this is the Barbie walking horse. Took a while to get her battery compartment open, but we put fresh batteries in. And there's another one. My mom brought all of my horses back. Oh my goodness, my two boys! 
they had a good time doing tummy time together. Oh. So all four of us, Connor, Bianca, Shelton, and I, are at different angles taking a bunch of photos oh as this is happening. Oh my goodness. Because, like, yeah, Shelton's over there, Connor's there, <laughs> and Bianca's over here. This is the, the view good from our cabin. Grief. Not our cabin, the Airbnb. I was about to be like, uh... <laughs> Get your happy boy. Thank you. Learn to count there. No, just making him reach for it. (laughs) That's my dad. Love it. This is at the winery. Nice. (laughs) Tommy, when he passes out, it's just like a dead child. He's out in there. With his entire fist in his mouth. Basically. (laughs) Poor guy was having, he had a rough time Saturday night. Sheldon has a bunch more great pictures. Um, But yeah, he had a rough time Saturday night because he just got overtired. Yeah. Yeah, he only got like a few very short naps. Mm -hmm. And um, they all got interrupted. Well, I'm glad you guys had a good time. It's, the, our cabin looks really good. There's walls up. The kitchen looks great. It's blue. I'm sorry, blue cabinets. And we got free appliances Ooh. for now. Why? So we ordered a fridge and a stove and I think the dishwasher. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're like, hey, these need to be delivered. And they're like, cool, your scheduled delivery date is this date. Well, that date came and went and they weren't delivered. And we're like, okay. So they're like, yeah, new date is this date. Date came and went and they're like, yeah, no, we have no record of you know like you're, you weren't on the manifest to be delivered so they didn't go out and so friday on the way up we call talk to a manager and this is the third time that we've got things scheduled mm-hmm. and he's like i'm just want to confirm with you like they will be delivered tomorrow like because mm-hmm. otherwise like if, if you can't make them appear tomorrow then I just want a refund. Mm-hmm. And if I don't get said refund... No, actually, I don't think he threatened that yet. He just said, I want a refund. Mm-hmm. Like, if you can deliver them tomorrow, deliver them. If right. you cannot make them... If you cannot get them to my cow, my house tomorrow, refund me. Like, right. just do it now. Right. And uh, he's like, nope, I'll make sure that it happens. Like, they're right here. They're at the warehouse. They just need to get on a truck to go out tomorrow. And he's like, great. I'll call back tomorrow morning at 7 before you know, deliveries go out just to confirm and make sure and, like, see what the delivery time is. Yeah. So that we can try to be there for said delivery. Right. Call at 7. We're not on the manifest. Of course you're not. So Sh- Shelton spent several hours, like, lot, several phone calls, several times that he called. Mm-hmm. He was, like, on hold with somebody or talking with someone. And then it just stopped and clicked over to a busy signal. Like, they hung up. And so, he finally was like, forget it. Like, yeah. you're telling me, like, I was told yesterday that they would be delivered today. Right. And now you're telling me that there's no record of them being scheduled for delivery today. Right. Screw this, screw y'all. I mean, he didn't say that. Mm-hmm. Um, he was like, just forget it. Refund my money today. I want a refund today. If it's, if I don't, if it's not processed, I will report it as fraud. Yeah. That little fire. Uh-huh. Um, so we leave the house later that morning. 
go to Meadows of Dan, mm-hmm. go to the little market. I go find a little yarn shop and get some gorgeous yarn. Nice. Way too much money on it, but okay. <laughs> um, but it's all soft alpaca and mm. some Peruvian wool and pretty colors. And then we went over to the winery. We had a mm-hmm. delightful time. Nice. And then we went to um, our cabin. Mm-hmm. We looked around. Sure enough, what's waiting for us on our back porch? Appliances. Fridge, a stove, and a dishwasher. Nice. No hookups, though. Wow. Guess what was waiting for us in our bank account today? Uh-huh. We got a full refund. Nice. So, we're going to give it a couple of days to make sure they don't realize their mistake and yeah. whatnot, but for right now, we've got free appliances. Hey. So. Let's hope they're not like, listeners of this podcast. Uh, you know what? Just be safe. We're not... You, this is all pre-intro. Never mind. Yeah. I don't, I don't even think I said the name of the company. You're right. And we haven't said your name yet either, so no one knows what we're talking about. You guys want to track down the murder cabin and steal my appliances? I mean, we do have a sticker of the murder cabin, which I designed, and obviously obviously it's an exact replica. Uh. My dad got to finally see the murder cabin. He was very impressed. Good. He was like... It's better than I was expecting. <laughs> but apparently it's less murdery. <laughs> I still picture it to be very murdery. But yeah, well, know. you will see it in person one day. One day. Hopefully one day when the the actual house is available for me to stay in. Yes. Because yes, you'll, you and Jarek will come up for the weekend. <laughs> I'm not staying in the murder cabin. <laughs> but these are my surprises <laughs> for you. <laughs> Dad brought me a couple of surprises. Uh, one of which is for you. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. When do I learn about it? Soon. Oh, God. Is it going to be a surprise? I did just call it a surprise. Oh, no. Is it going to scare me? <laughs> I don't know. Okay, I hate this. <laughs> Drink some more wine. I mean, you don't have any reason for me to oh try gosh. to scare you or pull a prank on you or anything like that. not locked either. <sighs> Is your dad still in town? It's storming and lightning. All that flashing light is I rather know. ominous. Oh my gosh. No, my dad's in uh, Tennessee now. Okay. <laughs> I was <laughs> like, oh my god, your dad's gonna like show up with like a bag over his head. <sighs> no, but he did bring a whole bunch of Beanie Babies and some other stuffed animals. Nice. For the critter to play with. Very supervised play, so he doesn't choke on the eyes and the nose. Yeah, I, I noted in the text that she sent uh, that her bones, Beanie Baby, still had his eyes and nose, where mm-hmm. mine still haven't figured out how to put his nose back on, but it's okay. Well, I have two announcements that, two. well, I have three announcements. Two are shout outs mm-hmm. slash thank yous, and then one is a, I guess, also a shout out. Okay. Uh, okay, I had two friends, randomly, who mentioned that they listened to the podcast, and I had mm-hmm. no idea. So the first one is Reem, who was one of my best and only friends in high school. <laughs> <laughs> and she texted me last week, I think the Friday before last, out of nowhere, like have not talked to her in over 10 years probably. I had like three friends in high school, and she was one of them. And we, like, caught up, but she was like, oh, my gosh, you have a podcast. And I'm listening to it, and I love it. And she was just, like, 
referencing things and anyways. So, hi, Reem. Thank you. <laughs> Again, I know I already said it, but thank you for listening. And oh my gosh. <laughs> hi. <laughs> Please move back to North Carolina. And the other one is Dylan, who was my first coworker ever at the Olive Garden. Mm. Uh, <laughs> and he trained me to be a hostess and um he comment he said happy birthday on my facebook and said love the podcast thank you <laughs> i've got a similar thing last oh, weekend great um some family friends from new orleans mm-hmm. who moved up for, to virginia years and years and years ago mm-hmm. were you know they were to, i guess talking to my dad again and they're like dad was like i'm gonna be in new Bern on you know like this date or this this week and they'll be like they were like, we can come down to New Bern. We're not very far. Blah, blah, blah. We'd love to see you. So they came down to spend the day. And uh, their daughter also still lives in Virginia. But I babysat her. And I use that term Aww. loosely. It was more of like I distracted her mm-hmm. while her mom worked at home. Okay. So that she could get more work done. <laughs> nice. But I was telling her about the podcast. Mm-hmm. And she's like, Sam would love that. So Aww. Samantha, if you're listening now. Yay. Thanks Yay. For Hopefully we'll see you in Virginia very soon. Yay. And I'm, I mean, I don't want to not be shocked, but I still am shocked when friends or people, like I haven't talked to Dylan in probably however long it's been since I worked at the Olive Garden when I, 16 years. <laughs> it's been 16 years since I worked there. Um, But yeah, but we stayed Facebook friends. So anyways, thank you. I was going to say that just also leads into the whole, a shout out from everyone to say happy belated birthday. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I was like, I'm sorry. What? what are we? Listeners, in case you're not aware, <clears throat> Hannah's birthday was last week. 32. So happy. <laughs> 32 is twice as old as 16, everyone. Uh, <laughs> okay. Math. Math. I learned that because I was trying to figure out how long ago I started working. And I was like, my first job was when I was 16. And I literally didn't even try to do simple math. I pulled out my calculator phone. Oh, yeah. I have officially reached the I have been working for over half of my life now. Feels really good. Mm -hmm. I'll take a drink on that one. Yeah, we will. Um, Okay. And our last shout out. I'm hoping I get this right because I didn't actually check with Jarek. Um, he told me this once and I was like, I'm going to write that down a day later. So, you know, he plays D&D. He's in two campaigns right now. So one campaign is online and it's with a bunch of people from everywhere. Mm -hmm. So one girl, her name is Anna and she, I have no idea how it came up, but she told Jarek that her grandparents lived behind Catherine Knight. Remember Catherine Knight? Yeah, she killed, like, all of her husbands. Okay. And I'm, I think she I'm tried to I'm still thinking eat. of Belle. You're thinking of Belle Gunness. This mm-hmm. is the one that was less delightful. <clears throat> this one. Yes. She ha- she was, like, a walking red flag and somehow mm-hmm. still got married, like, three times. And she killed all of them. Anyways, Anna's grandparents live near her, so. Yeah. And from what I've heard of Anna's voice, she seems like a delightful person, so... Shout out to Anna if you're listening. Also, Jarek's really enjoying the campaign, so <laughs> good on that. Okay, so I have a treat 
and beside that, the actual treats. Besides the actual treats. Um, and that I don't have a murder story today. Yay, no dead children. <laughs> okay, there's one dead child, but like it's very <laughs> minimal. And I didn't realize it until like literally the very end, but we're not we don't we're not gonna dwell on it. We're not gonna dwell on this one. And, and this dead one this dead child's not not super central to the story. I thought you were about to say it's not super dead. <laughs> Just mostly dead. It's mostly dead. <laughs> um I have a ghost story for you today. Well, I have a haunt, uh, haunted house story. Okay. <laughs> oh, has anyone guessed my little Easter egg from all my creature features? Not that they have told me. Not that they have posted about, so. I feel like we've heavily implied it, so. Yeah. I don't know. I'll do it one more week and then I'll announce it. I also realized that I um, posted the... Uh, title of that episode inconsistent with the way that I have posted the rest of those and that is because I posted it some listen sometimes Jerick edits these things on Monday and (laughs) they go out Monday night they go live Tuesday morning on Patreon like midnight and so sometimes I go to bed while he is still editing, and I forget that when he's done, I have to actually schedule and post them. Mm-hmm. And that is what happened. And I jumped out of bed at, like, 11.30 <laughs> and, and quickly, uh, you know, put put what needed to be put on there and forgot that the way that we do Tells We Tale mm-hmm. are, are different. So... Sorry, and I also haven't changed it because this week has been a little weird. So, we'll get to it. Okay. Minimal death. A child dies, but, like, we don't dwell on it, and it's one of just, like, a bunch of regular deaths. Great. Great. Okay. (laughs) So, today I'm going to tell you about the Whaley House. Do you know of it? I do not. Okay, great. Is it a Whaley of a tale? (laughs) Yes, it is. Okay, so Thomas Whaley, who's our main character here, was born October 5th, 1823, which I really told myself I was going to start the episode dollop style by Mm -hmm. screaming, Year of our Lord! (laughs) October 5th, 1823! Um, He was born in New York City, and he left New York in 1849 and traveled to San Francisco during the gold rush. In 1851, he moved to San Diego, so just another place in California. Also that same year, he witnessed the execution of a man named James Robinson, also known as Yankee Jim. What did Yankee Jim do, you ask? He was from the north. (laughs) That seems like a crime... Just some people in the South. Well, he probably did something really bad, right? Because he was getting executed. Um, I feel like he was an African-American man that might have glanced, (laughs) given a passing glance at a white woman. That's a good guess. However, I think he was a white man. Okay. Attempted grand larceny, which means he tried to steal someone's boat. Oh. So he actually did do something kind of bad. Well, attempted to. He tried to, but he didn't actually... Get away with it. He didn't steal it, so... So, obviously, to the gallows for you, sir. (laughs) I don't know why they... The the way you phrase it made me think 
it was... Well, because... Like, attempted larceny, attempted grand larceny is still a crime. It's a crime, but it's... Whether you're successful or not. Yeah, but it's... It's just more of a, more of a statement on you as, and, and your skills as a thief, not... But it's, it's, even if it, even if it was successful larceny, it, it would not be a, a, a death crime. No, that's true. Think. Okay. So for some reason, I don't know why in 1851 they had not figured out the best way to do this. Um, so the way that they had the gallows set up. Like, oh, you tried to steal a boat? <laughs> We're gonna try to hang you. To hell with you. You're out of this <laughs> out of this world. Oh, you raped a woman. Eh. She was showing off her ankle. She probably asked. Probably fine. Yeah. So they had him stand on a wagon and they put the noose around him and mm. so then the wagon was the wagon. Which mind you, wagons are not very fast, so so mind you, this isn't going to go the way that it was supposed to go anyways, but I feel like even if it went the way it was supposed to go, I don't feel like that's a quick enough drop that the neck would snap anyway. Like, how is this more effective than just a trap door or like a stool? Uh, because, I mean, you're right. Stool or chair or something would be just as effective. Yeah. Whereas a trap door, you actually have to have a gallows. Uh, a wagon, you can just pull up next to a tree and then hang the rope over a tree branch. Yeah, but... It's, it's like a mobile execution still thing. And then, you know, after mm-hmm. after the execution, you can go pick up your watermelons to deliver. That's, with the same wagon. With the same wagon, yeah. Well... Budget cuts have been tough. Yeah. So, uh, this is what they did. Have an outsource execution. <laughs> like with, um... Swift Runner, remember they had to hire that guy. They had to hire someone to be the executioner, and then he forgot to bring the rope, and, and then they all had to wait around for a while. Remember that? Um. <laughs> okay, so the local newspaper reported, "quote Jim kept his feet in the wagon as long as possible." But was finally pulled off. He swung back and forth like a pendulum until he strangled to death. Ugh. Yeah. So. That's not how you want to be hanged. Not good. Keep this fun little story in mind. So Thomas Whaley's just, you know. So if the, anything, you want to, like, anticipate when the wagon's about to go. You want to jump off and you of wanna, it. Yeah, yeah. You want to go with the snap. Like, get yeah. into gravity, get the snap, break yeah. the neck, then it's instant. You don't just. Yeah. Yeah. Which no. is. By the way, my child's new favorite noise to make is radio static. He loves to just go. Okay, well, that's cute. The way you were doing it. I was thinking he was like, his favorite thing to do was to like make that sound when your back was turned and pretend he was like choking. He just makes random baby noises and his new one is. That's very cute. (laughs) And so I'll just go back at him. I'm like, I feel like I'm hissing at my child. That is kind of what it sounds like. It's weird, but. He's smiling and laughing and having Listen, a ball. There so. you go. That's all that matters. Good for him. <laughs> Not so good for Jim, though. Swinging like a pendulum. Oh yeah. No, I forgot who you were talking about. Mm-hmm. I was like, I was trying Jim? to bring us, trying to bring us back Thank to the you. story. Yeah. Um. Okay. So that's 1851. In August of 1853, Thomas returns to New York to marry Anna Eloise Delaney. And then in December, they return to San Diego to start their family together. And here's a fun little fact. 
Did you know that to go from New York to California in the 1850s, you had a couple options. <laughs> if you went by a horse... You couldn't fly first class? You could not. Um, if you went by a horse or covered wagon, you it would take anywhere from four to six months. So I'm like, okay, Thomas, I don't know how him... I don't know if him and Anna knew each other previously or if this was like like a Bell Gunnis thing where he like saw her ad in the paper. And I feel they, like this is like a society marriage or something like... Let me show you a picture. They're both... They have stupid hairstyles, but they're both very attractive people, okay. in my opinion. Well, I'm thinking that, like, he's a well-to-do enough person. Like, maybe he's, like, the second son <clears throat> of a wealthy-ish family. So he's not going to inherit everything so he can go off and try and find his own fortune. Yeah. No, they Look are. at her. Like, good grief. Yeah. Very attractive. I know. I so like- I'm thinking, like, he's going to go out west to try and get his own fortune, like, try his yeah. own thing. But still had, like, society connections or whatever. I, I get the impression this was, like, a arranged marriage thing. Yeah, maybe. But, like, worked out well for both of them mm-hmm. because good grief. I mean, even with that dumb hair. Look how long her fingers are. Just, I mean, I, well, I know. You know I always say you have beautiful fingers. <laughs> you don't. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just saying. She has, like, very striking features. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, she really does. I mean, her hair is not that stupid. It's really it's not. It's modest and it's just yeah. quaffed back. And if she had, bun. like, a messy bun, I mean, mm-hmm. come on. Oh, yeah, if she was rocking the mom hair, she, she'd be very, yeah. She'd be probably popular on TikTok, right? Yeah, definitely. I'm sure I feel like he saw her. And I would be totally fine being married to him, I think. I know, right? And, like, he was. He's he got was, a Rutherford B. Hayes look going on. How do you know what Rutherford B. Hayes looks like? Uh, Look him up. Show me what I he looks a, like. did a project on him in school, and also I saw a Tumblr post that showed pictures of uh, old presidents when they were young. Like hot presidents? And, uh, like, one of them, so they, uh, they, they renamed them, so it's it's Baberham Lincoln. <laughs> He's a total babe. And Rutherford B. Hayes. Uh- <laughs> Holy sh**. <laughs> hot damn. Jeez. He looks like Drew Brees. He does! <gasps> there you go. Holy <laughs> shit. Mm-hmm. Man. Are we sure he's not Drew Brees? I mean, Keanu Reeves is immortal. That's true. <clears throat> you know who else I think is immortal? Sandra Bullock. I think her and Keanu are the same age. All right. Sorry, my fun fact here. So you could travel by horse or covered wagon. I like to think with someone like um, Anna, you're going to put her in a covered wagon. Yeah. That's your six months. Whereas he yeah. might be on a horse for four months. Yeah. You get a covered wagon once you get to New mm-hmm. York. Put put Anna in a covered wagon. So basically, he doesn't have like a wedding weekend. He has like a wedding year. He's got like yeah. <laughs> almost six months getting to New York. Mm-hmm. And once he's there, I'm sure he's got to like settle and rest mm-hmm. and recover. And then they probably have their wedding. Mm-hmm. And then their honeymoon is the next six months of mm-hmm. getting getting across country. Getting there to you know you. Getting to know you. Making the first little critter that you showed me. Uh, Well, did you know that you could also go from New York to California by boat? There were two ways you could do that. One way only took 43 days. Uh, If you were to go through what is now the Panama Canal, Mm -hmm. uh, which was at the time the, there's a word I can't, don't know how to say, the Isthmus? Isthmus? 
Isthmus, mm-hmm. I-S-T-H-M-U-S, okay, uh, which was later turned into the Pan Now, or you could literally, the people did this, sail all the way around South America, <laughs> just casual um, six and a half month journey. Well, I mean, if it's going to take six and a half months one way or the other, I'm still going covered wagon. I'm going covered wagon, too. Apparently, a lot of people died of cholera on the boats. Plus, you know, there's the whole scurvy thing. Yeah. That was a big problem on the Oregon Trail. scenery not changing. Well, I mean, if you think of it like a cruise, I don't know if you're stopping at different places. Although, I don't... Do you want to stop in, like, 1850 Brazil? Probably not. I mean, if you get malaria there, what are you going to do? Eat some more lemons. I mean, you need the citrus for the vitamin c anyway to avoid said scurvy there you go okay that was my fun fact <laughs> all right so thomas how did they travel back i think by covered wagon i'm not okay. sure not by boat actually i don't know i can't prove that they didn't go by boat i just wanted to know how long it would take because i wanted to know how long these trips back and forth mm-hmm. were taking okay it took him a solid year yeah um, so I just needed a little fun fact to put in there. And then I found out people used to take boats all the way around South, a whole nother continent mm-hmm. to get across the state. So December, they get back to California in the following year, 1954, because they've been having this six month long 18. honeymoon. 1854. Thank you. They've been having a six month long honeymoon. Mm-hmm. So they have their first child, obviously the following year, uh, whose name was Francis. That was my um, mom's middle name. Oh, he was named after a business partner. <laughs> they had like two kids named after business partners. <clears throat> and then in 1856, they had Thomas Jr. Hmm. And then Thomas was like, ooh, listen, I think I figured out how babies are born. I feel like we're going to be doing a lot of this. Might have a lot of kids. I think we need a family home. So he <laughs> starts construction. I'm sure that's exactly how it went in his head. Mm-hmm. Uh, he starts construction on a family home that he had designed. He's like, wow, this really fun activity leads to children. <laughs> Better get a good space mm-hmm. for him. So this home he had designed was a two... Some place to store all these kids. <laughs> yeah. A two-story Greek Revival-style house, which he declared would be, quote, the handsomest, most comfortable and convenient place in town or within 150 miles of here. Very confident. Construction started and Sounds like the folks who built the Titanic. Really did. There is, by the way, a... I don't know if it's to scale, but it looks to scale model of the Titanic down at Franklin's Antique Mall. <laughs> I really wanted to buy it, but the way things are priced there, I'm sure it was like $600. It would have gone in here, obviously. Mm-hmm. Okay, so construction was started in May of 1856. It was finished in 1857. It was built with bricks from the Whaley's own brickyard. It cost over $10,000. Do you want to guess? I was about to say, conversion time. Do you want to guess? $4.2 million. Not quite. (laughs) I have no idea. $348,000. Which, like, I mean, you know. If I had just said $400,000... Because your eyes were like, oh, she's going to guess it. Uh, (laughs) Well, when it was finished, it was known as the finest home in 
all of San Diego. But what about the handsomest and most convenient? You know, I don't know about that one. Mm. See? He levied a lot of claims there. (laughs) Um, I do know it was built on the same site where Yankee Jim had been slowly strangled to death six years earlier. (laughs) Isn't that a death that Thomas himself had witnessed, you said? He had. And he apparently was like, you know what? This is a nice open space. I know that tree. That wagon pulled right out of here, left no evidence. Maybe we can use that wagon to carry some bricks in from the brickyard. From the brickyard. Build me a house. So, yeah. <clears throat> um, so in 1958, Anna was born. He was correct in, in guessing how children were conceived. Good for you, Thomas. Yeah, good for him. Um, I'm, I'm sure sex ed was not a part of general education probably at the time. Not. That same year, um, Thomas Jr., who was 18 months old, unfortunately died of scarlet fever in the new home. Also, they had a general store that Thomas had established when he had first moved to California, and that was burned down due to arson. And so Thomas was like, hey, let's leave here for a little bit because it kind of sucks. So he took Anna and he took his kids and he moved them to San Francisco for a little bit. And then while they were there, they had George, Violet, and Corinne. They, all, were, they were busy. Yeah. All two years apart. <laughs> they waited the, like, recommended, what, six months? Six weeks? I don't know what they tell you to wait. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it depends on what your situation is. I imagine like if you every any, birth was traumatic in the 18th. If you had any tearing or anything like that. I imagine yes for all of that. I don't know. So the Whaley House was large and grand, and it did quickly become a popular gathering place in San Diego. In 1968, an upstairs bedroom was converted into a theater, which was actually the first public theater in San Diego, when it was rented out to the Tanner Troupe, and a stage was put in. A a bedroom was big enough to Mm -hmm. turn into a theater. Yeah. Like, I'm still envisioning, like, a small theater, like, not, you know, the Sanger or some opera house or something, but. I mean, technically, the room we're in now is a bedroom, because it has a closet. (laughs) And because this is technically a three-bedroom house, although our third bedroom does not have a closet. The Whaley's, I'm just bigger, a bigger bed. Just imagine mm-hmm. a bigger bedroom. I'm envisioning uh, a bedroom about the size of your house. Probably. So they put in a stage and a couple benches. And on opening night, they had 150 guests crammed into the space at standing room only. The women were even encouraged to not wear their hoop skirts that night to make room, more room. Although I would have worn my hoop skirt because I would have been like... I need yeah, a breathing room. Yeah, space. I assume the opening night went well, although 17 days later, Thomas Tanner, the owner of the troop, died. Don't know what of. Coincidence? Perhaps. Perhaps. I mean, disease? Likely. Likely. <laughs> Am I telling it as part of a haunted house story? Yes. <laughs> uh, and then the troop disbanded the, the following year because their owner died. Um, in eight <laughs> makes them sound like slaves. I know. Um, their owner, their well, the 
Yeah, that does. I don't know. The owner of the troop. I don't know what you call it. Yeah, no, I, everyone understands what you're also, saying. It just sounds funny. Also, but it sticks out to me because when I was uh, 16 after Katrina kicked me out of New Orleans, I went to Tennessee and I lived with my dad's cousin. It's his, his first cousin, so my second cousin, I mm-hmm. guess. Or my first cousin once removed. I can't remember which I don't way know it how is. That works. But either way, she wasn't my aunt. But when I was like, I need to ask my cousin permission, you automatically assume someone kind of like your age. Yeah. So I would just say my owner. <laughs> That's weird. I'm like, well, she houses me. She feeds me. She gets me from A to B. There you go. My owners. Um. Well, when I said Tanner Troop, I immediately thought of Danny Tanner. Danny Tanner and his his troop of troop children. Of children. Yeah. Which like he only has three. But he also has Jesse and, um... Danny. Oh, not Danny. Um, <laughs> Joey. See, I knew I was... I was like, why can't I think of the other one's name? I've had a long weekend. Me too. Critter had the sniffles this weekend. Oh, poor baby. And he had a really rough Saturday night. You Therefore, I had a really rough Saturday mm-hmm. night. I did get to go see Tolly on um, Thursday. I texted Connor mm-hmm. um, <laughs> to get him up to speed with stuff. And he had some peppers for Jarek, for whatever reason. I'm not surprised anymore by these things. And so he said, come over, bring Jarek. And I was like, you know what? I know that baby's going to be there, so I am going to go over. And then on the way over, Jarek was like, oh, we should have picked up beer. I was like, Connor has plenty of beer in his house. I was like, he literally has four tables sitting outside that have kegs underneath them. Um, And we got there. There's only three. And then there's the full kegerator. No, that's true. It's different. Well, whatever. I hadn't eaten all day, and uh, they immediately handed me the baby, and I was like, mm. As long as they didn't hand you the baby and a beer. They did do that, but it was fine. There was lots of supervision. Um, I got to feed him, and then when I, try- I tried to burp him. Oh, projectile everywhere, huh? Well, here's the thing. The only, the wall, not the only, but like the way I was taught to burp a baby instead of over the shoulder so they don't Mm -hmm. like vomit down your back is to like hold them on your knee and Mm -hmm. like, you know, last time I did that was perfect because he like puked all over the floor. (laughs) And I literally tried to do that and Tali, I guess, is just in the phase where he was just like planking so hard. Walker does that sometimes and so... (laughs) He he loves to stand, so instead of being uh-huh. able to, like, sit him on yeah. his side and burp him, and he just, just yeah. straight leg, I'm like, fine, if you want to be, you know, straight and standing up, I let him stand, and I lean him forward, so he's, like, straight and leaning with his chest on my hand, and I've got giant hands, so my <laughs> hand encompasses his entire chest, and I'm like... You have beautiful, long fingers. Remember how I tell you that all the time? Piano hands. <laughs> um, but, yeah. So, I guess was, he, he just... Yeah. Walker yeah. Walker fights burping. Sounds like Tolliver does too. Yeah. It was great. Anyways, all that to say, babies are wonderful. What were we talking about? <clears throat> the Tanner troop. The owner. The mm-hmm. owner of the Tanners dying. He died. He died. Okay. 17 uh, days after opening night. Yes. Um, in 1869, so the following year, the county of San Diego rented four rooms at the Whaley House, one of which... <laughs> okay, I didn't do further research to are they back in their out. greek style handsome home or are they still yes in san diego now right or did they go back to san francisco so at this point they have moved back 
to San Diego. Okay. I actually... <laughs> Wait, it was San Diego and then San Francisco and then back to San Diego? Yeah, so the Whaley House is in San Diego. Sorry, guys. I get confused. A lot of fans. Uh... I actually think that when they, they moved to San Francisco to, like, get away from all the bad juju. Mm-hmm. The arson. Uh, yeah. I'm pretty sure an earthquake forced them to move back to San Diego. So, <laughs> the county of San Diego rents four rooms, one of which was a courtroom. I don't know why there was a courtroom or if it was put in specifically for the county. I don't know. No one explained that to me, ever. It makes me think of... Like, Pemberley. Uh, so, Mr. Darcy's house. Okay. And those old, like, huge Downton Abbey. Like, those yeah. big, huge manors that have just all of these rooms. Yeah. And were sometimes, like, they were private houses, but they were also sometimes, like, public places for yeah. county affairs and whatnot. Yeah, I guess it was kind of like that. I don't know if when Thomas had it built, if he had, like, a courthouse originally built into it, or if it was... I don't think they had a theater originally built into it, because it was a bedroom that they then added the stage to. That's true. Well, the courtroom... You can always add. You can always add stuff. That's true. Uh, A room is just a bedroom until you put a a stage... A jury box into it. A jury box into it. (laughs) Um, the, so the courtroom is still there. The county rented, uh, these rooms for $65 a month. Do you want to take a guess on the conversion rate there? $225. one thousand four hundred sixteen dollars I was way over and then I was way under. 19 cents. okay. Well, 10000 to 400000 I mean, it is a big jump. Sure. Yeah. And then 65 to 1400 I don't know. My brain doesn't do maths. I just, I literally had to use a calculator to figure out 36 minus 16 is still 16. <laughs> and you know the bad, the sad part is? Good, is, thing, good thing you're pretty. <laughs> thank you. As I did... 32 divided by, or no, sorry, 32 minus 16, and I hit enter. And I saw 16, you're like, no, like, that's no. not. <laughs> I was like, tell me the equals. And then it went to <laughs> zero. And you're like, what? And then minus 16. Calculator. I do want to just point out, I have recently gone blonde. and <laughs> Seeping into your roots. It might be. Um, I also am spending a lot of brain power trying to figure out how to not get my hair, like how to keep my hair from breaking because I have now put, I have just, um, I feel like it's so fragile now. So maybe that's why, maybe that's a good theory actually. Maybe that's why blondes, people think they're dumb. It's because they spend so much time trying to figure out how to keep their hair from breaking off. Because if I do nothing, my hair breaks off. What's my, what's that's natural blonde's excuse. I don't know. I mean, mine was ADHD. <laughs> there, see, there, that's... I'm not an airhead. I'm just paying attention to a lot of different things at once, my friend. Can't, there you go. Can't keep all those things juggling in the air. Were you the one who posted something about how attention deficit is uh, like a misnomer because... I've talked about it, I think. Um, 
because it is a misnomer. It's yeah. I don't have a deficit of attention. I am not lacking attention. I have an overabundance atten- yeah. <laughs> of attention. But I don't think I posted or shared anything about it because I, I don't really do that. But yeah, quick segue here. It's it's more of an executive function disorder that like I can't make myself do simple tasks sometimes mm. because they seem insurmountable and there's lots of like tricks to get away with it. But like that's why during like Zoom meetings or even in person meetings, mm-hmm. I've I've talked to our meeting uh, moderators. I'm like, yo, Heather, I promise you, I am here, I am present, I am paying attention to this meeting. But if you see me like playing on my phone, uh-huh. I'm just playing solitaire. Like it's mindless. It's just something to do with my hands, mm-hmm. or I'll sometimes knit mm-hmm. during meetings. Sometimes on like my staff calls during Zoom, I'll paint my nails or file them or whatever. And I'm like, now I'm 100% paying attention. And she's like, no, I, I totally understand. Like, yeah. I wouldn't say anything because I do still engage. I'll be like this and I'll just be knitting, looking down. And I'll just stop and look up and contribute yep. to the meeting. I'll yep. ask a question, answer something. I wish that um, was... I remember in college when I figured out... The, I think it was a it was like the biology class or something. It was one of those classes I had to take like my senior year that was like biology one or something I needed mm-hmm. to just graduate and I'm obviously not good at the math stuff and so it was a it was a hard class for me but just because my brain doesn't I was an art history major so mm-hmm. like my brain didn't um and so sitting and taking notes was just hard for me and um I remember when I figured out I started making those little um like friendship bracelets like with embroidery thread and I remember the day that I brought it to class and I worked on it mm-hmm. during class. And I, like, just kind of sat in the back so I wasn't, like, super noticeable. And I retained so much information that day. And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, they really normalize it. Everyone, normalize doing stuff with your hands so that your brain can pay attention. That's the purpose of those fidget toys. And that only works for people who are uh, considered neurodivergent. Yeah. Versus neurotypical. So, like, for me, my my best studying method, if I need to, like, read a book or notes or something, Mm -hmm. is I put on a movie or a TV show that I've seen dozens of times. So, like, Lord of the Rings was one of my go-to study movies. And that's because I could be reading and then I would hear, I'm like, oh, this is a really good scene. And I'd look up and I'd watch... And it was easier to go back to yeah. what I was doing. So I, it was, I, I knew that I was going to get distracted by something. Yeah. And by putting on a loud movie with a lot of noise and action, I was picking, this is the thing that's going to distract me. Mm-hmm. And because I'm so familiar with this, I'll be able to pull my attention away from this distraction, get back to the task at hand. Yeah. Anywho. Good stuff. It's tough being ADHD. Tough being a neurodivergent in a neurotypical world. <laughs> well, I hope everyone took a drink. I'm sure we have a, a thing. Yeah, sorry for about that segue. A segue. Oh yeah, sorry. This part's pretty bad. There's no child murder, so I'm okay. Yeah, sure. No, no, no. There's no child murder. I'm just saying that doesn't like you promised me only one <laughs> child death, and we went there. We we covered it. We're good. We're done with the child death. I'm just gonna argue that 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 this. I'm just... Okay. Um, We're going to jump ahead a little bit to 1882. January of 1882. Violet marries... So she's old. She's 20 now. She's not old. She's 20. 
Um, old maid. I was going to say she's old enough. She should have been married when she was 13. <laughs> she is old enough. Uh, she marries a man named George Bertolacci. Bertolacci. And shortly after their marriage, George reveals to Violet some kind of scandalous past that he has. We don't know what it is. Could be anything. Maybe he had a second family. Who knows? He vowed to make it up to her. Vowed to be, like, promised to be, like, the best husband he could be. Despite this, Violet moved back in with her parents. And George and Anna cut off all contact with um, the other, or with George. Sorry, Thomas and Anna. I got my names confused. (laughs) Thomas and Anna cut off all contact with George. uh, And Violet moves back in with them. And then Violet becomes uh, severely depressed because of this. And because she is just depressed that she's married to this guy that she doesn't want to be with, or she's depressed because she wants to give it a chance. I think she's depressed because she feels like the person she got married to Mm. was lying to her or something. Um, And so on August 19th of 1885, so this is three years later. Uh, Violet committed suicide with her father's oh thirty-two caliber rifle. Um, she left a note, and it, this is a passage from a poem by Thomas Hood. This is why you wanted to argue with me about child murder. Because it was a death of a child, but she was an adult at the time. Yeah. She was a um, child of the people of our story. Also, this is just like this saddest uh, suicide note. So the note said, mad from life's history, swift to death's mystery, glad to be hurled anywhere, anywhere out of this world. And hella emo. I know. I so when I read it, I they like said she left this note, and then like after that, they said it was part of a poem. So I read that and I was like, oh my god, that's like the most deep and like. Profound. profoundly heartbreaking like note and then they're like it was a passage from a poem i was like should have led with that i was giving violet a lot of credit for a second so she shot herself in the heart and she did it in the outhouse but thomas found her before she died yeah, as don't she- don't go for the heart because if you don't get it in the right spot even if you get it in the right spot it might take you Several minutes. Yeah. It took her, I think, about 15 minutes. Mm. And he, like some kind of haunting of Hill House shit, brought her in back into the house so that she died in the house. I didn't want to let um, her die in the shitter. Well, I know. And I'm like, yeah, okay, yeah, bring her out of the outhouse. But, like, weirdly weird to be like no she must die in the house hey we haven't made an american horror story reference in a long time and that is a glaring one right there yeah murder house murder house my brain jumped to hill house instead of murder house Mm -hmm. arguably the same thing um so after violet's death thomas was like this shit again And built a smaller house in downtown San Diego and was like, we're all moving to there because this bigger house is bad luck or something. So he moves the family there. And in 1890, Thomas dies of old age. I was about to say, he's got a 20-year-old daughter. Yeah, he's he's elderly now. He's been back and forth across the country several times. God bless. (laughs) 
Um, so in 1909, George, his son, began restoring the old family home. And in what I'm going to say is possibly not in the best taste, George turns it into a tourist attraction where he plays his guitar for for visitors. <laughs> to which I would say, George, your sister literally died in that house like 10 years ago. Can you not do this? In the early 1900s, the family began renting the house out to tenants. And eventually, Anna, Francis, and Corinne all moved back into the home with George. And all of them remained there until their deaths. Hmm. Um, Anna died in 1913. So none of them got married and had families of their own. Apparently not. I guess they all learned from violence. Oh, wait. Um, one of the... Did Tom, no, Thomas Jr. died. Never yeah, mind. sorry. Thomas Jr. died. Hold on. Let me look at the kids again. Anna... Anna Jr. Anna Jr. <laughs> Anna Jr., I think, got married around the same time as Violet. Mm-hmm. I didn't put that in there because I felt like Violet's thing kind of overshadowed it. A little bit. And Anna's wasn't, like, sad. Um, and so the Anna that moves back into the house is Anna, the mom. Okay. Um, but, yeah, as far as... It seems as though the other ones did not um, have families of their own. So they saw what Violet went through and were like, mm. they're like, yeah, this doesn't Can't trust great. anyone. <laughs> so Anna passed away in 1913, um, followed in 1914 by Francis, and then Corinne died in 19... Sorry, George died in 1928, and then Corinne stayed in the house until 1953 when she passed away. And then shortly after that, in 1960, the Whaley House was officially opened as a museum. So, that brings us to the hauntings. Woohoo! Yay! What we're all here for. So, even when the Whaley family was living there, there were reports from them of disembodied sounds. The family heard, quote, heavy footsteps in the house. And Thomas and Corinne both became convinced that they were the footsteps of... Violet and Thomas Jr. or the troop owner. Yankee Jim. You're wrong on all of this. <laughs> a lot to choose there from. There was a lot to choose from. Um, they were heavy footfalls. They were like... I don't know. Maybe Violet was stomping around <laughs> mad about <laughs> her being betrayed by her husband. Also, I just want to point out... Mm-hmm. That house sounds freaking huge. It does. It's probably just squatters living there. (laughs) I thought you were going to be like, it's probably just settling. (laughs) They'll never find us. Yeah, you're not wrong. Okay, so visitors report feeling, quote, profound sadness in Violet's room, obviously. Which may just be... If you've heard her story, then yeah, I would be very sad. Um... Also, I just want to point out that, like, 20 minutes ago, you said you were done with the cheese, and you continued to eat the cheese. <laughs> I love cheese. I know you do. I have I'm been sorry. off dairy for two months. <laughs> and then I put a whole plate of dairy mm-hmm. in front of you. I'm sorry. Um, one visitor to the museum reported seeing a woman apparition in the courthouse. This is how she described her. <laughs> Quote, a swarthy complexion. She's wearing a long, full skirt, reaching to the floor. The skirt appears to be calico or gingham, small print. She has kind of a cap on her head, dark hair and eyes, and is wearing gold hoops in her pierced ears. 
she seems to stay in this room. I don't know. I don't know who it is because it's not Anna. How common were pierced ears back then? I don't know. How common were gold hoops? You know what they say. Bigger the hoop. The closer to God. <laughs> That's air. <laughs> the bigger the hoop, the bigger the hoe. <laughs> um, well, people have said this doesn't sound like one of the Whaley's, so. I think she was just high. <laughs> I know. Who, who is this person? Describing this apparition in, like, present tense. Um, people have said uh, that they have seen the spirit of Anna in the downstairs rooms or in the garden. Um, apparently, she, apparently she appeared to Regis Philbin when he was there. Hmm. Uh, a quote from Regis. Please hear it in his voice. Oh, God. <laughs> Is he still alive? I was just wondering that. I feel like he passed away. Yeah, he died in 2020. Okay. Yeah. More recently, I thought. Almost exactly two years ago. It was July 24th. Wow. R.I.P. Now he's with Anna. Laughing about that time she showed up as a ghost. (laughs) All right. I'm ready to hear this in his voice. All right. Okay. All of a sudden, I noticed something on the wall. There was something filmy white. It looked like an apparition of some kind. I got so excited, I couldn't restrain myself. I flipped on the light and nothing was there but a portrait of Anna Whaley, the long dead mistress of the house. That was it. And I like to think that that was on an episode of like celebrity ghost encounters or whatever that show is. Thomas, of course, has been seen by visitors. One of the curators, former curators of the museum, June Reading, reported that a young visitor, about five or six, was waving to a man in the parlor that no one else could see. Which I would argue does not necessarily mean that that's Thomas. It just means that that kid saw something that no one else could see. I thought Thomas was a child when he died. I think they mean Thomas, like old, older Thomas. Thomas Sr.? Yeah. Okay. I think he just comes back to hang out. Adults have also reported seeing the apparition of a man on the upper landing in, quote, a frock coat and pantaloons. Which I don't know what pantaloons are. Fancy pants. I also don't know what a frock coat is. Fancy coat. Fancy coat. (laughs) Others have reported smelling tobacco smoke, which they attribute to Thomas. Could be also squatters. Mm -hmm. Psychic Sybil Leak visited the house in the 1960s and reportedly encountered the spirit of a young girl in the dining room. She described her as a long-haired girl in a long dress who came into the room quickly and sat down at the table. Legend says that this was the playmate of one of the Whaley children, and she was named either Annabelle or Carrie Washburn. And and that... I'm laughing because this is not true, I promise. Um, And that she broke her neck on a low-hanging clothesline in the backyard. But there's literally no historical evidence (laughs) that this is the thing and they think someone just made it up Mm -hmm. as like part of it my question would be low hanging clothesline how low for a child what are you hanging on that your socks must be because everything else would be dragging on the ground you're tripping over that if a child is breaking their neck on that you're gonna trip an adult will trip over it 
I'm just saying. That's not even good. She could have come up with something else. She could have mm-hmm. fallen in a well. Fallen down the steps. There you go. Anyways. Oh, this is the best part. A parapsychologist visiting the house reported seeing the apparition of a spotted fox terrier running down the hall into the dining room, and his little ears were flapping as he ran. Well, that's adorable. I have a picture of what it probably looked like. Was there any mention of the Whaley's having a dog? Yes, they had a terrier dog named Dolly Varden. (laughs) And obviously... She had many names. Or she had two names. That's probably what the dog looked like. The ghost dog. Cute. With the ears flapping. I googled. Fox terrier. Fox terrier running. <laughs> and looked for ones with flapping ears. Um, so the Whaley House was featured on Ghost Hunters. Season 12, episode 13. But I could not find a free way to watch that. So I Boo. didn't watch it. But it was also on the show Fact or Faked. Mm-hmm. Paranormal Files, and also BuzzFeed Unsolved, both of which I could find for free. So I watched those. Factor Faked, a little disappointing. Uh, (laughs) They basically took uh, ghost pictures that uh, visitors had taken at the Whaley House. Mm -hmm. And they were like, the first one was like very obviously like a light anomaly that Mm -hmm. they just like recreated. The one that they weren't able to recreate Allegedly, it showed an apparition of Thomas Whaley in the window. Like, someone took a picture of, like, a window, and they're like, oh my gosh, in the reflection, you can... I had a really hard time seeing it, and then they couldn't recreate it, but I... And I couldn't find a picture, and then ultimately, I was like, you know what? It's not worth showing everyone, because to me, there there was nothing there. Even if you're desperately looking for something to be there, you can't Yeah, I (sighs) truly... I don't know, maybe I need to go back and rewatch it, but I didn't see anything. On BuzzFeed Unsolved, I don't know if you've seen any of those. So, it's these two guys, Ryan and Shane. I don't know, they're, like, more of, like, a lighthearted... It's kind of, like, a comedy thing. So, they're not, like, laughing at it, but they're not taking it super super seriously. And um, one of them, I think Ryan is, like, actually kind of believes in the paranormal, and Shane is, like, pretty skeptical. So they go into it, and Shane's got, like... Balance. Yeah, Kind of like us. Yeah. Um, So they kind of tell you the story, and then they go investigate the house at night. Apparently, in the courthouse, or courtroom, um, in the back corner, people say that there is a portal. And so, of course, they sit in the back corner. Ryan sits in the back corner. And they're talking about it. He says he suddenly starts to feel dizzy and starts to get, like, a shiver up his spine. And he's like, I know that you don't believe me. <laughs> and he said, I know that on ghost shows people say these things and you think they're completely stupid. And I don't know how to explain it, but I just feel weird right now. Um, and also, at the same time, Shane's flashlight goes out. So, I don't know if that's anything. And then, at the very end, they both decide that they're going to sit in the parlor alone for five minutes. So, the parlor is where Anna has been seen, and it's also where Violet, um, or where, yeah, Violet died. Um, So, Shane sits in there for his five minutes. He's the skeptical one. Nothing happens. He says it actually felt kind of um, like meditation, and it was nice, probably just because it was a quiet room. Yeah. And then Ryan goes in and he's like very nervous and he's like kind of talking, like nervous talking. And then he's like, okay, I'm going to shut up. I'm going to shut up. 
And then he, like, jumps up suddenly. He thinks that Shane is messing with him. And he says he heard someone whisper in his ear. And he said, I swear I thought you were messing with me. I thought you had come in somehow and you were like, whatever. He didn't know how to explain it. You can kind of hear something on the audio. It's not super clear. You can't hear, like, specific words. Mm -hmm. He seems very... You can hear a... Yeah. (laughs) You can hear, like, Critter going... (laughs) Going... Um, But he seems very, very convinced uh, that something whispered in his ear. So my conclusion for the Whaley house is that a lot of death happened there. And uh, so it's probably at least a little bit haunted. It is also open to the public. And you can take daytime and nighttime tours. Daytime tours are $14 for for adults, $10 for kids. Nighttime tours are $18 for adults and kids. Um, And after hours investigations are $99 and they are PG-13. Oh my. I know. (laughs) So probably don't bring your child. I want to do that. I know. I do too. Um, And you can learn more at whaleyhousesandiego.com. Well, all right then. (laughs) So it wasn't too bad. There was only a little bit of child death. There was no murder. Well... I mean, there was an execution. There was an ex. There was there was a suicide, an execution. Yeah, a uh, scarlet fever, and two illnesses. Well, one definite illness, one probable illness. Well, also the the theater owner die in the house, or did he just die? No, I think yeah. he just died, and they were just like, hmm, coincidence. Really, and they weren't like they were like, wow, he was woefully unhealthy. On opening night, <laughs> he had, like... There was 150 people packed into a small room. Yeah. In a time where sanitation wasn't a and thing. five of them had tuberculosis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's... Bleh, gross. Um, do you want to tell everyone our socials? Yeah, you can find uh, pictures and other good stuff on our Instagram and Facebook at the Tales We Tell podcast. If you want to see photos of... Uh, episode content and Kelly content, <laughs> doggos. Uh, you can, but you don't do the social media. You can go to our website, thetaleswetellpodcast.com. And that's also how you can get in touch with us, too. Yes. Uh, and if you want to support us, get yourself some sweet, sweet swag. You can go to redbubble.com, search the Tales We Tell. Or you can support us without getting stuff and physical stuff, at least. You yeah. can become a patron <laughs> at patreon.com. You get episode access early. Uh, you get love notes and stickers from us and sometimes some extra bonus content and goodies. So. Yeah. Also, if you know me or Katie personally and you listen, Please let us know. know. <laughs> it will make our entire days. Yes. Literally. Especially if we were, like, best friends in high school. Shout out, Reem. Yeah. And also, if you're Reem's husband and you're listening to this, she is correct. You should move to North Carolina. It's a great place to live sometimes. I like it here. The summers are real rough. I'm from New Orleans, and it's only slightly bad here. I'm just saying. I mean, it's it's only slightly... I mean, it's less bad than New Orleans. I'm having an all-out war with the water bugs in my kitchen. <laughs> and I paid Terminix $100 to come well, spray also, my... Also, it's been raining every day. I know. But I'm really mad because I... I Paid Terminex a lot of money to come spray my house. It was 68 in the mountains this morning. Shut up. (laughs)
I'm pretty sure all I had to do was buy the little roach motels because I bought a bunch and I like put all of them around my oven. Like mm-hmm. I put like a bunch underneath my oven. I put a punch in my cap, like everywhere. I haven't seen them since. So if you're listening, Terminex. I don't know. Not a sponsor. <laughs> Not a sponsor. But we will sponsor you if you want. So, um, yeah. So we'll be back next week and we'll see you guys then. Bye. Bye. <laughs>